I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 94, and today I'm going to share a little bit about having an abundant mindset or even just outlook. So having this idea of there is enough for all of us. Now, I know that lately in the world, things have seemed pretty bleak. And so today, I was kind of worried about what to talk about because when I'm recording this, just the day before, there was that Texas school shooting, which is awful, the war in Ukraine that's going on, the other shooting in Buffalo. There's a lot of things that are worrisome and can make us feel scared. But then I thought, well, maybe this is really, really helpful. So first, I'm going to begin with a story. Because you know, stories are great. (laughs) Okay, my daughter Millie has been preparing to buy a new gecko. So her gecko died last, it was like the end of last, it was in the fall sometime. And she said she was finally ready. So she's been saving up money and she wanted a different kind of gecko and it's a crested gecko. And these geckos climb a lot more. So she needed to earn money to buy a different kind of tank than the one she had before. She also had to buy all the things that needed to go in that tank. And so all this has been this slow process. And it's been kind of cute to watch her as she's been saving up birthday money or earning money and doing all this research on how much everything's going to cost and what she's going to need. And then she's been taking the time to slowly go and get it. So we got the tank probably a month or so ago. And then we got all the things for the tank. So the tank is a little bit taller and it needs vines for this little gecko to climb and it need then it needed substrate. And then she found out that there are these cute like coconuts that can hang that the gecko can kind of hang out in and sleep in. And then you have to have like a food ledge. So all these things she's been like, researching and getting and we've been going a little bit back and forth and it's been a slow process which has been okay for me because I've been like I don't know Millie I don't know if I'm ready it's like bringing a new baby home and so we got everything prepared we had our heating from the other tank that was going to work for this tank so that was good but we had to kind of buy a new kind of like holder for the light And so all these little things we're doing and Millie has been paying 
for most of the things. I think we use some of our points to buy her some things on Amazon that she found. But it's just been really cute. And so we, on Monday, just earlier this week, we picked up the gecko. And what was kind of amazing too was that they haven't had a crested gecko because there's like leopard geckos and crested geckos. And they haven't had a crested gecko in a while. And then we've been going for the past couple weeks and we've noticed that it was there. And we're like, okay, well, let's see if it's still there. And they just had this one crested gecko. And when we got there, it was there. And they, you know, asked us if we have everything ready. And we're like, yes, everything is ready for this crested gecko to live its greatest life in a tank. And so why I was thinking about this was in regards to like abundance. So last weekend, my daughter and I were on this little road trip to go to the temple. She had a friend going through and she was meeting up there in Palmyra. And so we had this long four-hour drive to get there. And so we were listening to a few different things. And I was trying to find ways that I could help her. She's been adjusting and remembered the the life coach lady, Jenny Dildine, and maybe thought, well, maybe if we listen to a few things and see if that can help her. And so we listened to one of the podcasts and it was about abundance. And that really just got me thinking about how we think about our life. And I was thinking about just this world in general and how it was created for us to come to it. And like, I believe that God is all knowing and understanding and all powerful. And he created this world because he had billions and billions of children that he wanted to come to this world to experience life here. And he created a world and he knew we would need to live in it. And just like my daughter, who is 12 years old, who has a limited understanding of what a crested gecko needs. She doesn't know everything. She did a lots and lots of research. She was really, really thorough and looking up and finding out what she needed to buy and making sure she was just familiar with all the things so that she felt like she could be more confident in taking care of this animal. And yet here we have our Heavenly Father who created this world for us and made sure that all of it was full of things that we would need to live. And then I remembered this wonderful scripture that is in the Doctrine and Covenants, which is a book of scripture in our church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And many of these were revelations given to Joseph Smith. And one of these, it's from Doctrine and Covenants, Section 104, verse 17 says, For the earth is full, and there is enough and to spare. Yea, I prepared all things and have given unto the children of men to be agents unto themselves. And I just think about that statement in that the earth is full, and there is enough and to spare. And as we look into the news and we hear about like, are we going to have an energy crisis or a fuel shortage or all these things? 
And yet I can still believe that there is enough in this world. It is full and that there's more to spare. And that maybe there are things we really don't understand about what this world really does have to offer all of us. Because God was all-knowing. He is all-knowing. And he knew us. And he knew even knew that we might not take care of the world the best we could. He made it so things could grow back and they could be renewable and just all these cool things that are in the world. He was aware and he knows us and he knows what we need. So just even that idea that this world is prepared for us, God knows us and he's prepared a world that would give us everything we need and it is full with more to spare. But then I also came across this other scripture in the New Testament in John 10.10. It says, The thief cometh not, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So not only is God created this world so we could have a lot of physical abundance so we could survive physically but then we have Christ promised and comes into this world so that we can live an abundant life in every other sense of the word like spiritually emotionally all these things that sometimes can be hard with our help with Christ we can live this abundant life We don't need to be stuck in things about like worry or fear or lack. We can trust that God will get us through whatever it is we have. It also reminds me of, so I've been reading the Old Testament. That's been like our church's study for the year. I think I've mentioned this a few times. But just how the Israelites were taken care of in the wilderness and that they had the manna from heaven given to them every day. And that their clothes did not wear down and their shoes didn't wear down while they were in the wilderness when they had to stay an extra 40 years. That God took care of them. And we can believe that he will also do that for us. So I think that's kind of one way to get to this idea of abundant life. Like God has made this world and he had Christ come to the earth so that there were all these ways that we could be fulfilled in an abundant life. So then the one thing that Jenny Dildine mentioned was the difference between like being grateful for what you have and wanting what you have. And I really liked this concept. So if you remember back in the podcast, I think it was 84 about the reverse bucket list. And one thing that the author Arthur Brooks mentions is that The key to happiness is wanting the things that you already have. So going back to this idea of the difference between gratitude, I am grateful for what I have and I want what I have, which Jenny Dildine pointed out. So I'll give you an example. I can say that I'm grateful for my husband, but it's even more impactful for me to say I want to be married to my husband. See the slight difference or like I am grateful for my neighborhood that I live in or I want to live in the neighborhood that I live in. So see the slight difference. Now, 
I think when you think of it that way, it makes it more proactive. Like you want to live here. You're satisfied. I want to be married. So then I'm probably going to do more things to make sure that I work on my marriage. And I'm going to talk another, like I'm going to have another episode about being proactive just, and I'm going to tell you why in a little bit, but that's really just kind of this little profound shift. So the one thing that was really kind of cool is I came across this article which referenced abundance that came from Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Okay, so Seven Habits of Highly Effective People was first originally written in 1989. And I remember when I was a young, I think I was just out of college, maybe first married, I just remember walking to work and listening to this book, like going on walks and listening to this book and thinking, wow, even today, now 30 years later, it's still very relevant. And I'm actually going to spend some time this summer going over this book because I was just, I then, you know, found the book And I've been listening and reading it and it's just been fascinating how it's still so very relevant because of these principles and um, what he calls laws. And one of them is just this, this idea of abundance. So I think abundance comes later in the, there's like seven habits and he talks about the first three being more about you and how you think, and then the second three are like how you're going to relate to others. So if you think about abundance, he says, the abundance mentality flows out of a deep inner sense of personal worth and security. It is the paradigm that there is a plenty out there and enough to spare for everybody. It results in sharing a prestige, of recognition, of profits, of decision-making, It opens possibilities, options, alternatives, and creativity. With the scarcity mentality, we operate from our lizard brain or in fight or flight mode. And this leads to turf wars and bad behavior. He says the abundance mentality helps us operate at a higher level. We believe there's enough for everybody and we take it as a challenge to figure out how to make that so. I was thinking about two things. Um, First of all, I don't know why it's been, I've been hearing about this um, infant formula shortage and I've just been like, oh my gosh, that would be awful if you couldn't find formula. If like that's what like... At a certain point in your baby's life, that's like all they're eating. But if you think about, if you still think, okay, there is a shortage, but life is abundant, what are ways that we can make sure that our we find enough formula or like how does this work? And I just heard that there's like a shipment coming from Germany and that we might have to look and ask for help outside. And if we believe that, you know, there's good and in all of us, that they're like potential for good and that there are people out there that would be willing to help. And it also reminded me of this idea of abundance when I was serving in 
um, the young women's in our church and we had to have a fundraiser and we decided to do a yard sale. It was going to be in May and we usually have a lot of resident students or dental students in our ward who are moving and sometimes they want to, you know, get rid of their stuff. And so we thought, well, let's just ask for some donations and see if we can earn enough for each of our girls. And I think we needed to earn like a hundred for each girl. So we needed at least 1500 to $2,000 to earn money for camp. And we ended up getting so many donations. And then we had the garage sale for three days, I think. We ended up doing like Thursday, Friday, Saturday or something. And we ended up making way more than we needed. I think it was a little over $2,000. I could be mistaking, but I remember it was a few hundred to over than what we needed at the time when we just decided to stop. And we had so many things left over. Like I remember thinking, it looks like we haven't even sold anything and we've already made all the money we needed. And then we ended up donating that to like, you know, Goodwill or something. And I just was like amazed at how just, just asking someone to donate something that they don't need anymore and then someone coming over to buy something that they might need that someone doesn't need anymore and we were just able to make all the money that we needed and had enough to spare. It just reminds me back to that scripture, like the world is full and there's enough to spare. And what amazing things a group of people can do if they're really working together and being creative to solve a problem. And I feel like right now our world has been stuck in this scared mode after the pandemic. Like everybody's scared and we don't work very well when we're stuck in like fear and scarcity. Like we're worried and afraid And I think it's preventing us from learning how to work together, to just be creative, to solve problems. There's a lot of blame and um, with you caused this problem, you did this, and it's just not helping in any sense of the word. So if we kind of really do believe, even if sometimes we couldn't even see it, this idea of abundance, that we can, you know, help be creative to solve some of these problems. And I, again, was thinking back to the Israelites because, you know, we've been reading in the Old Testament and two weeks ago it was in Deuteronomy and they were told to share and to take care of the poor. And it's in Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 8. And it said, if there be among you a poor man or one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thy heart, not shut thine hand from thy poor brother, but thou shalt open thy hand wide unto him and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his needs in that which he wanteth. What I love about the scripture is the very end that thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need and... It also says in that which he wanteth. So it's not just like having enough food and clothing, but maybe even something that we want to have. And the Lord is commanding the Israelites and reminding them that, hey, I took care of you in the wilderness 
And I want you to make sure you take care of the poor among you. So there were actually a lot of really cool talks about the abundant life from like some of my church leaders. And there's just a lot of like, this is a really great topic and I'm just barely brushing the surface. But I loved one of the talks I found by Spencer W. Kimball, who was a former president of our church and prophet in like the late 70s, early 80s. And it says, the abundant life begins from within and then moves outward to other individuals. If there is richness and righteousness in us, then we can make a difference in the lives of others. Just as key individuals have influenced the lives of each of us for good and made us richer than we otherwise would have been. So one thing that I've been doing this week to try to like help me really think about abundance is when I write my gratitude reflection in my journal each morning, I've decided to start having a few statements of I want to help me make that shift. So like, for instance, one thing I was grateful for one of the week, uh, last week was like being able to meet up with a friend and go on a walk. And so I not only was grateful, but I wanted to go on a walk with this friend or being grateful for time with my kids. I want to like sit down and read scriptures and pray with them. That is something I'm grateful for that they still are willing and want to do with us. So it's been really good. Like I've just done it for probably four or five days now, but just that slight subtle shift of I want to do the things that I'm actually grateful for. So I'm actually wanting the things that I actually have and I'm doing. So one thing that Jenny Dildine suggested was to like make a list of 20 things that you actually want that you already have. And she also included like instead of an item or like a being grateful for someone in your life, being grateful maybe for an attribute that you have or a talent that you already have, like recognize that and then saying, oh, I want that talent. I'm grateful for that talent. There really is so much more with the abundance mentality because it gets into stuff like with the growth mindset. So you're willing to like try new things, um, I found this great article that listed like like 10 things that abundant people are key traits of, abun- of the abundant mindset. So I'm just going to list those real quick. It says, one, thinking big. People with an abundance mindset tend to think big rather than limit themselves to a bird's eye view of their circumstances. Two, growth mindset. Living in abundance means having a growth mindset, the belief that you can improve your intelligence and skills with effort, and you aren't stuck with what you have. Number three, optimism, the glass half full type person, focusing on what they have rather than what they lack. Number four, knowing there's enough to go around. Abundance thinking means seeing a limitless amount of resources such as love, money, and success. 
In other words, someone else's success or advantage does not take away from your own. Number five, generosity of spirit. They feel genuinely happy for other people's successes rather than resentful. Number six, embracing change. They accept and embrace change rather than resist. Number seven, taking action. They take a proactive approach to life by seizing opportunities and working towards their goals. Number eight, planning ahead. They plan for the future rather than waiting around for things to happen. Number nine, an open mind. A person with an abundance mentality keeps an open mind and continues to learn rather than believing they already know it all. And number 10, they know their strengths and weaknesses. They have identified their strengths, then use these qualities to go after what they want. They accept their shortcomings rather than being limited by them. Mm. I just thought that was just a lot of really cool traits that this idea of abundance can create in your life. Um, and the other thing, I think I mentioned this earlier, but just this idea of an abundance is that we're looking for the good in others. I mean, obviously we know both of that is there, but I think choosing to look for the good in others instead of their weaknesses or iniquities, how generous that is. Again, that kind of goes back to that generous spirit of those traits, those 10 traits that I mentioned. Okay, so the challenge would be to take a moment to maybe write down 20 things that you already have or traits that you're great that you want to have that you already have or things that you've already done that you like are grateful for, but you can say, I wanted to do that thing or I wanted to live in this place or I wanted that experience. And you could even do it with things that might have even been hard to like actually want that in your life because it made you become the person that you are now. Okay, you guys. So next week, I'm going to start talking about seven habits for highly effective people. And again, I know this book has been around forever. Yeah, I think it's going to be really, really helpful to just go over that with all of you. And I think I'm going to also like take the summer to work on some of these habits with my family. So maybe you guys can all do that with me this summer. All right, you guys have an awesome week. And as always, thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. you enjoyed today's episode if you have any questions come by findingthefloor.com where i will have show notes and links for anything i've mentioned today special thanks to seth johnson for creating and performing the theme music come back next week and thanks for listening 